Welcome to the Coaching Through Chaos podcast, helping you conquer the chaos in your life. Your host is licensed marriage and family therapist, Dr. Colleen Mullen. Dr. Colleen has been doing what she does for almost two decades. She's a private practice owner, a chaostician, a magazine columnist, a best-selling author, and her work or writing has been featured on countless websites. Listen in as she brings you experts in the psychology of life. They may be New York Times bestseller, key players in their profession, or people who have overcome tremendous obstacles in life and are here to share their story to help you live your best life. Let's get to it. Stay tuned for our next chaos-crushing guest. Here is your host, Dr. Colleen Mullen. Hi, and welcome back. I do hope that this finds you safe and sound, coping as well as you can through this crazy time in our lives. To follow up my last episode, I have with me once again, Dr. Reef Kareem. And just to refresh you on who he is, he is a neuroscientist, a mental health physician, a personal development expert, and a media correspondent. You may have seen him all over CNN talking about this. You may have seen him on Oprah talking about the opioid epidemic. Dr. Reef has spent much of his professional life working right at the epicenter of crises, from the Katrina storm devastation of the South to the 9-11 aftermath, and then he's dedicated many years to helping those in the throes of the opioid epidemic, even specifically at a rehab facility he owned in Southern California. Dr. Reef is acutely aware of how a societal crisis can affect one's personal mindset. And today, he wants to help you do something about that, about the mindset that might be going on for you right now. And he wants you to be able to start this mindset change right from the comfort of your own home as you go through the societal crisis of the coronavirus pandemic. This time, Dr. Reef is joining me to discuss a free offering that he has for you to help you, as I said, reset that mindset for the future and to open your mind to new possibilities for what you can do. Reef has developed for you the Crisis Manual. We mentioned it in the last episode, but this time we're going all through why he developed it, what you can get out of it, and how you can apply it to your life. These times are tough, and it's easy to get into a mindset of hopelessness. I hope that after you listen in, you'll check out this free offering over at thecrisismanual.com and allow yourself some space to adopt a more hopeful mindset about the future and about how you can live. This interview was originally done as a live Facebook interview that you can find over at both my Coaching Through Chaos page on Facebook and also on Reef's Facebook page at Dr. Reef. So we're going to get into it right now. Okay, first off, hi to, to everybody that uh, that we know out there that, that are tuning in. This is actually the first time I've done anything live. I've done a lot of TV, a lot of media, but live is totally new for this whole social media thing. Uh, so, but, you know, we wanted to do this because, um, you know, I, I, I've been personally getting inundated with calls uh, from people that are, are suffering or they, they want advice or they need some assistance or some help, not just from COVID-19. Like COVID-19 is the mm-hmm. first big virus that we've encountered, but fear is the second big virus that we've encountered. And part of that fear is from the virus. And part of that fear is from uncertainty. And part of that fear is from quarantine, because mm-hmm. let's be real. I mean, the, the, the virus itself is a stressor, but the, uh, the quarantine is just as big, if not a bigger stressor for a lot of people, especially those people that 
aren't directly affected uh, by COVID-19. And this is a, a major pattern interrupt in people's lives. I mean, it's, it's like, uh, it's like a grand authority is, is telling us that we need to be safe. And in order to be safe as a collective society, we need to follow these rules. And if you're somebody that doesn't like authority, or if you're somebody that's not interested in, in, you know, having somebody tell us what to do, you're going to have a lot of anger. And for those people that feel, um, you know, alone in their house, especially if you live alone, you're going to feel loneliness. And, and there's a number of other people that are feeling like, well, I don't have the structure of my normal life. Like I, I, I live according to a structure. I have a routine and when you don't have that routine, you may feel bored. And then there's other people that feel really uncertain. And because of that uncertainty, they feel a lot of fear and a lot of stress, especially if they're watching the news all day, thinking that the world is going to end. So, you know, the most common emotions people are feeling right now, if you're not just feeling okay, are, you know, loneliness, fear, stress, mm -hmm. boredom, or anger. So when with so many people feeling these emotions, they're uh, reaching out. And I'm getting a lot of people reaching out to me. So when Colleen and I were able to talk and, and check in, we made the decision, hey, let's do something live and, uh, you know, have people chime in, say hi, check in with us. But we'll be able to give some good advice and some good information. Reef, what you said is so true. All those things are going on for everybody. I know in my own practice, right, I'm, I'm seeing more people than normal. And I'm seeing so many of these same reactions going on. And they have to. This is a, a once in any of our lifetimes event that we are all affected by the same stressor. And it's so uncommon. And I know that you've put together the crisis manual to help people through some of this. You want to talk a little bit about what's behind the crisis manual? Yeah. So, uh, I decided that instead of just trying to reach out to people one-on-one -on -one or answering calls or questions or, or, or whatever, um, I would create a, a thing, a living document. And so the document is called the crisis manual. And obviously, if you could tell from the title, it means what you could be doing in a time of crisis. So uh, if anybody wants to go check it out, it's on thecrisismanual.com, thecrisismanual.com, and it's totally free and it's totally downloadable. Uh, and there's a lot of, I think, good information in it. There's seven steps in there, essentially. And the seven steps are used to kind of refocus, to reinvent yourself, to clear your mind, to tune out the noise, and to develop yourself as a person during this time of quarantine, but also to, to have, have things stick with you so that this new way of thinking lasts far beyond this quarantine and can last into your, your life. I mean, the reality is this is a time for us to, to reinvent, to, to develop a new version of us. I mean, look, it's a serious tragedy, but what it's doing is it, if you're not directly affected, it's creating space and time for you to think about what you want to do with your life and if you want to make a shift in your life. And that requires a certain level of agility or flexibility. And that's what I talk about, you know, in this, uh, in this crisis manual. You know, one of the first things that I talk about in this manual is um, creating space in your head. Um, there's a term that we use in, in the recovery world, in the mental health world, even in the personal development world. What's currently renting space in your head right now? You know, what's, what noise is occupying your head? 
And there's a term, there's a, there's a phrase that, you know, we, we, I'm paraphrasing, but essentially we're the byproduct of the, the five people we have in our lives, you know, the closest people to us in our lives. Uh, I would adjust that and, and say, we are also the byproduct of the five most common or primary uh, sources of information and opinion that we let into our brains. So there's, there's stimuli that we let into our brains. And if that stimuli, and no offense to news media, because it, it's important, but if 24-7, all you're doing is letting in CNN and Fox and all these other news stations, and you're listening to to people that are like, the world's going to end, the world's going to end. You got to do something fast. The world's going to end. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? And people are freaking out. And that's the only information you're letting into your brain. There's no positive information. There's no comedy. There's, there's no uplifting or inspirational or aspirational elements of the world that you're letting in. Then your outlook is going to become doom and gloom. It's scary. The world's going to end. I mean, if you're, if your neighbor who's got a bunker in his basement and is like, hoarding like products that powder products because he thinks the world's gonna end or your aunt is like hysterical or or you're listening to somebody else that's like losing their mind you are gonna feel that effect yes. and so it's incredibly important to filter whatever information that you're letting into your brain yes and can you talk about how the brain and the body react to acute stress so you know, from a neuroscience perspective, and I'm not going to get too science right. here, but but it's important to know we have a f we have different networks in our brains. We have a reward network. We have a stress and fear network. We have a memory network. We have an executive functioning network. We even have an imagination network. We have all these different kinds of networks in our brain. And you know, part of the fear network or stress network is the amygdala, and it's a it's a relay center and a fear center, and it's connected to another part of our brain that's like the judgment or the ah, this is a good idea, this is not a good idea. Uh, I think I should do this. Maybe I shouldn't do this. It's our prefrontal cortex area. So essentially, when you're suffering either acute trauma from growing up, like childhood trauma, mm -hmm. or you're suffering a natural disaster trauma. Like I've worked with people right after 9-11 and Katrina and the opioid epidemic and mm -hmm. all of that. When you're suffering an acute trauma, it impacts these two areas of the brain, specifically the amygdala and the prefrontal cortical area, whereby you start your perception of the world changes. The, the your ability to feel safe in the world changes. And so what ends up happening is you start leading more of a limiting life. You, you start like worrying about the space around you much, much more to the point where in a way you kind of like paralyze your ability to grow and to expand as a person. So acute stress can, can have all sorts of negative effects if it's not handled properly. And, and the way I describe this is it's like we have a garbage can. Mm. You know, it's it's going to be kind of a, a metaphor we can all understand because we all have trash. Um, and so when when you take in life your boss drives you crazy your road rage and traffic and and you know you get a fight with somebody you get conflict it's all trash that gets put in the, your garbage can your emotional garbage can trash mm -hmm. trash 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 and eventually that trash is going to spill over unless you do some stress management techniques and some mental health techniques for you to to open up space and this event where it's global and everyone's talking about it 
and you can't escape from it, just dumped a whole bunch of trash into all of our garbage cans. And we have to do something about it. And when I say do something, I don't mean Netflix all day long, eating ice cream all day long, and like not showering for weeks on end. I mean, actually building a structured life and doing things that expand your mind. Right. It's so important for people to understand how that within this crisis, when they do these things of getting up every day and doing something for themselves and showering and getting off of the Netflix and everything else, they'll find a bit of normalcy in this crisis and it will help calm them down. Do you agree with that? Yeah. The two the two elements of this that I think are so important are structure and novelty. Yes. So if you're out there and you're listening and you're just like, Okay. Um, yeah, maybe I don't shower as much as I should. Maybe I'm not wearing pants right now. I am. I am. <laughs> just so you know. Um, just, you know, if you're just not leading a structured life at all, you wake up whenever you want, you go to sleep whenever you want, you kind of do nothing throughout the day, you're not inspired in any way, that's a problem because structure is what gives us a, an identity, mm-hmm. B, some purpose, and C, that routine is good for humans. It's good for us to have routine. Yes. And when we break structure, even if, let's say this whole thing lasts until, I and I have no idea when this is going to last, but let's say the quarantine ends, I don't know, June 1st. If that were to happen and you think, and you're, and you're not, you're eating ice cream all day, watching Netflix and doing nothing, June 1st, it's not going to like be where there's an on button and all of a sudden you push the button and you're like, oh, okay, got to go back to work and go to my routine and build structure again. Now, you're going to have residual effects of this fear, residual effects of doing nothing, mm-hmm. residual effects of your weight and your, your mental capabilities. All of that stuff is not just going to be rusty. It, it potentially will have changed and altered in some way when you go back to doing whatever you're doing. And, and the second piece is novelty. So we have a reward circuitry in our brain. And I, I know there was a, I think Sabrina said, we like the sciencey side of you. So, mm-hmm. so I'm going to mention a little science. Um, there, we have a reward circuit in our brain that, that works off of feeling good. When we do something that feels good, we want to continue to do it. Because from an evolutionary perspective, when we have sex, it feels good. When we eat when we're hungry, it feels good. When we drink when we're thirsty, it feels good. When we procreate and we're nurturing our young, it feels good. Those are natural rewards. They're there to propagate our species. Well, you novelty gives us a little hit, a little spike in that reward circuitry. And, and it's good for us. It's really good. So because of that, when you do novel things, even in quarantine, mm-hmm. I'm not talking about grand gestures here. I'm talking about light novelty. You cook something new, mm-hmm. a new recipe. You take a new nature walk. You take a run and you go to a new part of, uh, of the neighborhood. You play new kinds of music. You create music on your piano or your guitar. You, you learn a new skill on YouTube. You learn how to Photoshop. You learn how to edit something. You learn how to make music. Any of those things that are new are going to be stimulating towards your brain, and that's going to be healthy for you during this time. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's something that keeps coming up, I know, in the work that I'm doing with the clients is helping them just understand like how many people just kind of think because of the quarantine, they're stuck and they don't get that they can shake it up a little bit and go, like you said, to a different neighborhood. It's one of my favorite things. And they they go, oh, 
I guess that would be something different to do. And they don't get, oh, there is something I can do different around here. And then tapping into those things, learning something, because there's a lot of people, they hear about getting creative during these down times. And they say, oh, but I'm not artistic. I'm not musical. It's like, okay, so learn something, right? Read a new great book. Do something that you've put off for a long time that is something maybe you bought something to work on at home and it just didn't get worked on. So Novelty is something that works in so many situations, but particularly when people are feeling stuck and stressed like this. Yeah, I mean, I can I can tell you that, you know, I've I've worked in the trenches and I've mm-hmm. lived in the deep deep trenches of the opioid epidemic and um, you know the mental health epidemics the, the epidemic that we're in and you know all these natural disasters. I've been in the front lines of this stuff. I, I owned a rehab for almost mm-hmm. ten years and mm-hmm. and saw the darkest of the dark of the kinds of stuff that people are suffering from. And I, you know, I learned a lot of stuff. And one of the things I learned is that, you know, people can have just, they can just be bummed out. They could be lonely. They could be bored. They could be, um, have serious mental health issues or serious addiction issues. There's, there's a couple of commonalities that all these people have. I, I feel like it's almost a human trait. It's, it's just an element of being human. And, and it's the it's it's shame mm-hmm. and how we can be riddled by shame when somebody tells us um, we're not good at something or we shouldn't do something because of our skin color or our gender or our socioeconomic class or our ethnicity or whatever. Um, that shame and that repression that goes along with the shame where we start holding back who we are and we start holding back um, our beliefs and our ideas and our talents and our skills absolutely impacts our life to the point where we make choices for other people because we're trying to people please and and it could be our parents for me it was my parents for a long time you know i wanted to make sure i was the right son for my parents but i i held back a lot of who i am and and i think a lot of people do that and so when you get to the point where you can overcome that shame that's expansive and 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 the ability to create you don't have to be creative, but mm-hmm. to to develop a creative mindset yes. opens up your world. It expands your world. It makes you see the world differently. It makes you problem solve differently. It, that that creative explosion, just like I've I've witnessed it. I've done it. I've helped a lot of people with it. It completely opens up the way you look at things, and and you don't get stuck anymore. It's how you reinvent yourself through creativity. So for me mm-hmm. personally. I decided to sell that treatment center so that I could build um, a platform, a lifestyle, a way of thinking that I can share with other people. And so I'm in the process right now of building um, a course and it'll it'll be a book that goes with it. Uh, It's called Master Your Madness. Uh, And in my mind, madness can be our chaos, but it can also be our inner genius. And so that's really what I've been focusing on. And I feel like it's my life's work is to help people build a more expansive mind. And this is a golden opportunity for anybody listening to start working on expanding your mind. And if you're interested in this kind of stuff, please please write it in, in, the, in, in the message um, mm-hmm. that, that you want to hear more about this because we're happy to provide. Yes. Why don't we talk a little bit about what should people be doing, right? How do they cope with that, right? So we talk so much about how, you know, to clear the mind, and some people will say, well, I just, it just doesn't work for me. You know, would you like to talk a little bit about what maybe they can do 
in order to get more present or be able to focus a little bit better in the moment during a time of crisis like this? So really what, what you're doing when you're in a crisis is you're taking in stimuli. You're taking in all this information. Um, we're going to be in quarantine for so long. The economy is going to have these kinds of problems. I may or may not have a job to go back to. Uh, I may or may not get money from the government. Uh, I, I, there's so much uncertainty. And, and, and so your brain responds to that uncertainty. Uncertainty creates noise in our brain. Uncertainty is, uh, is really problematic because it, it, like I said, when you're talking about renting space in your brain, uncertainty rents a lot of space. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uncertainty is the big company that rents all that space in your apartment building in your head. And so, um, so what, uh, what ends up happening is there's not room for anything else. There's not room for growth or expansion or um, or stimulating your brain in other ways or um, or thinking about things differently or even emotional room to connect with people, to connect with your family, to connect with loved ones, to connect with friends. Um, it's really a problem. So step one is filtering information, filtering, mm -hmm. as I mentioned, the stimuli that comes in. You know, step two is to be able to acknowledge what you're feeling. And so many people live life on autopilot and that autopilot is, uh, okay, I, I feel something and then I respond to it. And a lot of people escape and that escape could be through television. It could be through gambling, shopping, internet scrolling, video games, could be food and emotional eating. It could be trying to get likes on social media. It could be, it could be whatever you can, you can escape in tons and tons of ways. Uh, and, but what most people do is they live life on autopilot and they escape. They don't, um, they don't acknowledge what they're feeling and try to interrupt or pause mm -hmm. the feeling to the escape. So what I, what I, you know, I'm, I've been coaching people too. And if anyone's interested in hearing more about that, they can, you know, uh, email me or reach out to me. But when you have a, a, a feeling and most of the time, people are going to have the feeling of, as I mentioned, loneliness, anger, boredom, um, uh, you know, and fear. Uh, if you Acknowledge you have the feeling before you go to the escape. Mm -hmm. So if you find yourself on the couch watching Netflix, movie after movie after movie after movie after movie, uh, which I'm sure we've all done at some point, and you're eating tons of food you shouldn't eat, and you're not talking to anybody, and you're kind of alone, and you don't feel like you're, you're connecting to anything, or you don't want to. Acknowledge it. Say, okay, wait, hold on for a second. I'm just going to pause my life for a second. And I, why am I doing this? Mm -hmm. uh, well, I feel alone and I feel a lot of fear. And this fear, I don't want to think about the fear. I don't want to think about what's going to happen with my life. I don't want to think about my job. So I'm going to sit on the couch and watch Netflix and escape and avoid thinking about this. Cool. Now we have data. Now we have information. We know that you like to avoid. We like, we know you're escaping from fear and you're escaping from loneliness. So what can you do about that now that you have the data? You've declared it. You've made the grand declaration. This is what I'm doing right now. And this is how I'm escaping. Great. How do you cure the loneliness or manage the loneliness just during this time? You reach out to people, mm -hmm. even if you don't want to. How many times have we all not wanted to work out and when we did, we felt great? How many times have we all wanted to um, 
to, to not reach out to somebody, not have that conversation with somebody. And then we did, and it was an amazing conversation. So you reach out to somebody, you reach out to family, friends, loved ones, somebody you love joking around with, and you don't talk about doom and gloom. You just talk about what you do in your life or old times or remembering what you're going to do in life or, hey, when we get out of quarantine, this is the first thing I'm going to do. Um, but but you reach out. And then for fear and stress, I, I've put this in the crisis manual, there's a whole stress response uh, techniques that you can do. And I list a whole bunch of them, but everything from nature to exercise to meditation mm -hmm. to positive positive stimuli, you can watch a YouTube video on doom and gloom, or you could watch a comedic YouTube video. That's good for you. Laughter is good for you. You can watch a YouTube video on building a new skill. Mm -hmm. That's good for you. You can watch all sorts of things besides doom and gloom. Mm -hmm. Yes, right. If you're feeling bad, don't watch something that adds to the emotion, right? And like you said, with reaching out to people, they can also talk about it. And there may be times when I think you'll agree that when they reach out to talk to somebody, right, as you said, don't talk about the doom and gloom, but they may not even want to talk about what's going on at all around them and just focus on the other person. How are you? What, did, what are you doing? If you've got kids, what's something silly the kids said today? You know, something that allows them to get their brain out of it or think is a lot of times when people who haven't been reaching out think about reaching out, they think, well, I'm going to have to talk about this, that, and the other thing that, that's bringing them down because the friends will know the situation or know that they're alone. And they can always steer the conversation however they want to. Yeah, this this is essentially catastrophizing. Yes. Do you have a, catastroph a catastrophizing personality? And and that essentially means is you expand on the worst of the worst and you make it awful. Mm -hmm. <laughs> if you do, put it in the put it in the comments that you're a catastrophizer. Because <laughs> um, because you know we've all met different catastrophizers. And if if there's something out there, you're gonna get it. Oh my god, I'm gonna get it. Mm -hmm. And there's like you know the hypochondriac and the catastrophizer. So it, it, there's there's a term in in cognitive behavioral therapy called playing the tape and and playing the tape essentially means okay i'm going to i'm going to think about this and i'm going to uh, okay what what if i got it fine mm -hmm. uh, what's my biggest fear my biggest fear is getting it okay cool what if i got it mm -hmm. well first off there's an 80% chance it's probably going to be mild okay so the odds are in my favor but what if i'm not mild well then there's a 20% chance you're going to have a, a tougher time with this. Okay. Well, then what's going to happen? Well, there's a much higher likelihood that uh, you're going to have some support around you. You're going to be able to call your doctor. You're going to be able to get tested for it. Um, you're probably going to develop uh, antibodies from it, and you're probably not going to have to deal with this again. Okay, cool. So I'd like, and, and, and if you continue to play the tape, it's, it's really helpful in, um, in any situation. If you're going to break up with somebody, if you're going to change your job, play the tape. Mm -hmm. how, how, what's the worst that can happen and what are the solutions to that catastrophizing? And that works really well for people that tend to do that. Mm -hmm. Right. And there's going to be people out there who are listening, and we've all, most of us have been home for about a month now, uh, somewhere around there, and they're going to say, yeah, but, but I've already wasted a month. We want them to know that they can change this at any time. And certainly, I know some people are going to be listening to this and, and, and watching this, and you know, they can reach out to you. Uh, for a little coaching, they can look at the crisismanual.com and get get the right. crisis manual <laughs> and um, 
for the person listening or watching who just thinks, well, I've already wasted a month, you know, why would I start doing something different? It's that you can actually change your experience of this. And it doesn't have to be the same experience that you've had for this past month and totally self-sabotage. Yeah, change in mindset can be a minute. It can mm-hmm. be a second. It's like an epiphany. And 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 that change in mindset can occur from listening to this podcast, to your podcast. Mm-hmm. This change in mindset can occur from going to sleep and waking up in the middle of the night and being like, oh my God, I've always wanted to do this. And I actually now have the time to do it. Or it could be um, just, just reflecting on your life. I mean... It, I just think this is such a key thing that we now have the time and space to reinvent ourselves, mm-hmm. to change course, even if it's a slight change in course. It could be a two degree change in course or it could be a massive change in course. But we have the ability now to do that. And it's so incredibly important that people take advantage of it if you're not directly affected by this. And in every crisis comes opportunity. And this is this is an opportunity. And um, it's it's a great opportunity to be able to, to do what you want to do in your life, not what people have told you to do, not living your life for somebody else, but living your life for you, not, not being um, a subject of uh, conformity, being able to be your original self, find out what you're good at, experiment, explore, um, explore in your mind and figure out what you want to do. I think this is a great time for that. Yes. And when you talk about reinventing yourself, there's so many things out there and, and, and opportunities to do different things and interact differently with people. Yeah, it, it's th- this, this is a time where I think everybody should ask themselves, what have I always wanted to do with my life? Mm-hmm. I'm serious. I'm not being cheesy about it either. Like, what what have I always wanted to do with my life? I want to be a scientist. I want to be a speaker. I, I, I want to co- be a coach. I want to do whatever. And, and then say to yourself, okay, I was fortunate, hopefully, that um, I didn't get affected by this uh, from a physical perspective, or I did and I got over it. Uh, I have the opportunity to do whatever I want. Yeah, it'll take some hard work. Yeah, it'll take some skill building. But to have the creative vision to know what you want to do and then implement what you want to do is priceless. And this is a great time to do it. I think everybody should just like sit in a quiet room and relax, eliminate their visual cues. Because when we have Mm. visual stimuli coming in, it distracts us from going deeper. That's why we always say close your eyes when you're meditating or or when you're trying to relax. So eliminate your visual cues, spend some time relaxing, connect to your breath, and then explore what you want to do with your life. Explore some ideas and, and see what comes up. And if you do it on a regular basis, it can be a practice that you can continue to, to use beyond this. And maybe set up a timeline of some things that you want to do during the quarantine and then things you can do after the quarantine and build some structure in your life. Absolutely. And um, let's talk about people who are feeling that they just, you know, this is all great and they might hear that and then they go, oh, but but I just don't have that in me. And I'm thinking of resiliency, um, how a person might build back in some resiliency into their into their character structure. Yeah, I mean, resilience, the ability to develop resilience or resiliency is all it is, is mental strength, right? Mm -hmm. It's, It's just, it's emotional strength. It's your ability 
to handle stuff that comes your way. And uh, are you going to break down? Are you going to escape? Are you going to be distracted? Um, How are you going to respond to an opportunity or a crisis that comes your way? And most people aren't even aware of it. They aren't even aware of their resilience or their Mm -hmm. resiliency. They're, uh, they just they distract themselves. They escape from it. Uh, they get somebody else to do it. They, mm-hmm. they they the call comes, but they don't answer it. The phone rings, but they don't take it. Uh, opportunity knocks on the door. I'm going to keep going with metaphors. Opportunity knocks <laughs> on the door. They don't answer it. You right. know, it, it 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 happens all the time. And um, the more resilient you are, the better equipped you are to handle opportunities that come your way. The the more productive you're going to be. The, mm-hmm. the more clear, the more clarity you're going to have in your mind as to taking on this opportunity or even um, ideating or even thinking about or even coming up with the idea of, of this opportunity. So resilience is, is working out its mental fitness, mm-hmm. its emotional fitness. Um, you know, I, I, I go to Gold's Gym and I try to uh, work out as much as I possibly can, but I'm Indian. So I feel like because of that, you know, I, I'm, I'm a little uh, challenged in regards to how big I can get until I saw the guy from the big sick. And I don't know if you've seen that guy. That guy is ripped right now. So maybe <laughs> Indian people have hope with physical fitness and not just emotional mental fitness. But but a mental fitness is working out like going to the gym physically. Right. It's um, it's it's the ability to take on a little more and a little more and a little more. And the only way you know that you're taking on a little more and a little more is to challenge yourself. And like I said, if you're, if you're opening up your world, you're pushing a little bit past your comfort zone to challenge yourself, taking on new tasks. And again, those tasks can be, they can be minimal. Mm -hmm. They can be cooking something new, trying something new, doing something new. And and yeah, you might fail, but you're also going to increase your resilience. You're mm-hmm. also going to grow and you're going to be able to take on more and more stuff. When, when I decided to open um, a business, my own business that started from complete scratch and have to deal with, you know, I functioned as the CFO, the CEO, the chief medical officer, the right, all, all sorts of everything and dealing with really sick people yes um i built resilience i mean you you no matter what you do in your life and in in taking on this new brand that i'm building now i'm building resilience i don't know how to do some of this stuff but i'm learning and and that's what we all have to do to build resilience in our life so that we can take on bigger and bigger challenges and most importantly we open up our perspective and our vision on our life to expand our world Yes. And you also just demonstrated another trait of resiliency is being able to laugh at a situation where you gave the example of yourself going to the gym and now there's hope for the Indian guys. You know, in this situation, right, people people lose the idea that it's okay to laugh at a bad situation, right? And, and that's one of the, one, a great trait of resiliency is being able to have a little giggle over this. I mean, like the world did not end. It's not ending. And there are different ways to look at things. And hopefully in this, people are finding a little bit of humor here and there, whether it is at the situation or about things that are happening that they're noticing around their home, maybe because of the situation, because they're home more um, or with their partners. So being able to laugh at the situation is also um, a great trait of resiliency. And I love that you just kind of went with something (laughs) about yourself in that way. 
If you can laugh at home with your your friends and your family, absolutely do it. If you can't and you're super boring and you're not funny at all, then put on a YouTube video mm -hmm. or put on your favorite stand-up comic, um, you know, on on TV or, or do something. But but have laughter enter your house because. I, listen, I was so, so beat up by all of the work that I was doing, like that hardcore work that I was mm -hmm. doing, um, helping people that I started doing stand up as an outlet. And I took improv for four or five years, started doing stand up and eventually started doing it at the comedy store and the improv and a bunch of places mm -hmm. because it was my creative outlet because I was losing it like outside of it. And I had to do something to stay sane. So believe it or not, comedy is a great way to stay sane. Yes. Also, it'll decrease your cortisol. It'll it'll help you integrate your life. It'll help you to um, to to release a lot of pain that you have inside. It's a great way to release things through yes. comedy. So uh, yeah, highly suggest it. Right. And and then in so you reinvented a part of yourself and didn't you didn't have to give up everything to kind of embrace that humorous side of yourself. Well, it, it, it's about integration. I think mm -hmm. integration is a huge part for all of us. And we all have our own story. I'm sure, Colleen, mm -hmm. you have your own story of integration. I have my own story. I'm sure everybody listening has their own story. Mm -hmm. um, but integration essentially is how do you take the different sides of you and make one whole person based on the different mm -hmm. sides of you? And, and I can tell you and tell people out there that, you know, this has been a big struggle for me. Uh, and, and if any of you are struggling with this, you know, I hear you because on one side of it, I'm, I'm a doctor and I'm supposed to be reassuring and have all the answers and know what I'm supposed to do all the time. And on the other side of it, I'm a creative and, you know, I, I, I've danced at a pretty high level. I've acted in movies. I've written, you know, do stand up comedy, all that stuff. And they don't go together. And I've had a really hard time integrating these two sides of me um, and, and making it work so it's one complete holistic view. And, and for all of us, for everybody listening out there, you know, it, I don't believe in the whole, as a neuroscientist, the left side of the brain and the right side of the brain. It's, it's not that easy. It's so much more complicated than that. But to use that metaphor mm -hmm. that we have kind of a more cognitive side that's very logical and cognitive and we have a more creative and uh, disruptive side, uh, the, the key to life is integrating those two sides of you for every single person that's out there. If you can add more creativity to your cognitive side, uh, that that creates a better person. And you know what? If we have a lot more better people, we have a better world. That's right. So on that note, uh, I think maybe we should let everybody know again about the Crisis Manual. The Crisis Manual is a free resource that you've developed for people and tell people how you want them to use it. So uh, first go to the site, download it, go to a quiet part of your house, turn off CNN and Fox and whatever else you listen to. <laughs> Do not watch reality TV. Uh, sit there on your own and go through the manual. And it, it, there's, there's certain things it'll ask you to do. Uh, and follow it. And, and as you follow it, ask questions of yourself and learn more about you and become more aware. Because awareness is the key to um, reinventing ourselves. Yes. Thank you for that. And thank you for providing such a great resource to everybody during this time. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. And thank you to everybody here that took precious time out of their life to, uh, to listen to this. And uh, I hope that we can all uh, be more creative, more inventive. We're all capable of really 
good, profound, big things in whatever that we do. So, you know, I, I hope that for everybody who's listening and, you know, stay tuned because Colleen's going to be really doing a lot of great work with this podcast and I'm going to be launching a show podcast probably in about, you know, sometime this summer. Mm-hmm. And I'm currently writing a, a manifesto on the state of the world, what got us here and what we can do to change ourselves, uh, a little more of a philosophical thing. So look out for some cool stuff from both of us uh, in the future. On that note, Dr. Reef Kareem, thank you so much for being with me. It took a lot of work for us to get here, and I appreciate you joining me live on the air today. All right, coming up in the next episodes, I've got a ton of great guests. We've got successful business owners sharing their secrets, financial experts talking about how to plan for the future, people who have made a 90-degree turn in their career and started over, and mental health experts talking about so many relevant topics from thriving after abuse to how to talk to your kids about sex. I relaunched five months ago, and we are moving, and we are geared up for important shows, bringing you the people who can help you conquer that chaos in your life, one episode at a time. In the meantime, if you want to follow me or say hi between episodes or even let me know how the crisis manual is working out for you, you can always let me know. I'm on the socials at Dr. Colleen Mullen. You know, I'm touched every time you reach out and let me know how the show has helped you in some way. And you may not know this, but we have started a Coaching Through Chaos bookshelf page. And when you go to coachingthroughchaos.com and just hit the bookshelf tab, It will bring you to the Amazon bookshelf page for the Coaching Through Chaos show. And on that page, you will find the books of every expert that we've had on the show. And it's a great way for you to manage your reading list and also support the show because, of course, every time you buy a book or anything else that you use through that link on Amazon without spending an extra dime, you help support the production cost of the show. And I personally greatly appreciate that. Well, that's it for now. I know I am so looking forward to bringing you the next episode. And I hope you're looking forward to it too. Until next time, take care.